0: Welcome to the Thinklings Podcast, a conversation where good thoughts help renew the mind with the Word of God. I'm Charlie Carter, and I'm here with Tim Little and Andy Stearns. Let's jump into the conversation. Recording. Welcome to the Thinklings Podcast, episode 31. And I want to note, I should have said this in the last week's episode. The podcast is officially older than me. I am only 29. It is official tomorrow. It will turn 31, 31 episodes. So, uh, yay. I don't do, know. Do,
1: do, do, do.
0: <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's actually the iconic birthday is going to be in two weeks because that'll be the 33rd birthday. And that oh. is when a hobbit becomes a man. <laughs> Legit. Like that, that is when a hobbit becomes a man. This is not what I thought you were And that say. is what was special about Frodo and Bilbo's birthdays is, uh, Frodo was turning 33 when Bilbo was turning 111. So it's two iconic birthdays celebrated at the same event. And then he
2: disappeared. He disappeared. So anyway, how are you guys? (laughs) I'm not planning on disappearing. What a
1: segue. That was a good one. (laughs) You've had some good segues, Charlie, but that was a masterful. I've
0: I've been, uh, I've been a lot of, a lot of Lord of the Rings stuff lately. Mm -hmm. There's a group of college students, uh, college guys that uh, some of them had never watched the movies. Hmm. And so we've started watching them. We've watched through the Fellowship uh, Blu-ray extended edition and uh, had quite a discursus about uh, the legitimacy of the bows used by the orcs at the end of the movie, which I will claim now, if you're listening to this, you know who you are. They are not legitimate.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Not legitimate bows?
0: Yeah. Like, it's, it's... it's props, like they're like they're not accurate in their portrayal of, of how archery actually works.
2: Oh, okay, but Whatever.
0: that's that's neither here nor there.
1: <laughs> that's, that is exactly right. That's neither here while, nor there.
0: While we before we get into our our real business, we do want to remind you, we are having a contest in the month of March, and what you do to need what you need to do to enter this contest. Sorry, it's it's an Apple contest, but if you listen to this in Apple Podcasts, we need you to. do rate us five star and leave a like a comment with that rating anyone who does that by the end of march we'll, we'll extend it for like this week with this episode this weekend yeah through this weekend we'll we'll take those names that have submitted a five star review and a comment and we're going to draw three of them and you're going to get a mug in the mail and so if you haven't done that yet find some way uh, to create uh, an Apple account and go leave us a great review, and you might get a, a free Thinklings mug. So I want to remind you about that. And after that, now, uh, as always, we have some Thinklings business to
2: tend to. Books and business.
0: Books and business. This will be a quicker books and business, uh, maybe than normal, but I, I haven't been doing a ton of, like, read-reading uh, I, I'm, i think we mentioned it in the last couple podcasts. I've started a doctor of ministry degree, so I now have assignments and, uh, the, maybe like the last month I'd been consumed with a writing project, which I have finished and submitted. So I haven't got the grade back, so I'm just waiting. But that's kind of my, my contribution is I wrote a paper called, uh, when the ape outgrows his trousers,
2: such a catchy title. You'll have to it really share it sometime. Yeah, so.
0: we'll, we'll talk about it in a couple of weeks maybe. But it's it's about how C.S. Lewis's Ideas and Abolition of Man have kind of come true in our modern culture today.
1: Because so much of what he says was is just coming true right now. Prophetic. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I have not read hardly anything just because I'm prepping a new course constantly and I have a couple of other projects just related to being a teacher. So... I don't think I've. I, I finished uh, the making of an atheist book. That was excellent. I would give it a nine. That's my official rating. Nine on Thinkling's goodness scale.
0: I was listening back through some episodes and listening to you talk about that, and I think I want to. I think I want to purchase that and read it.
2: It's worth it. You enticed have, me. Yeah, it's really worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have I'm it in to the to... bookstore? Yeah, we're gonna have it on sale actually next month. Oh, it uh, turns us a little. Um, How verb, convenient! Verb. Oh yeah. Yep. So uh, stop in in a few days, and actually you could just stop in now and just say you heard it on the, the podcast. The secret
0: Thinkling's code word is pinecone.
2: Wow! If
1: you come into the bookstore really and you say,
0: "Hey, Doctor Little, pinecone," he'll give you a special
1: of deal. All the, f- the secret words you could come up with on the fly: pinecone. Have you been like walking in the woods, Charlie? That's just what popped <laughs> in my mind. That's just <laughs> what popped it's in got what my mind. What in the world? Ents are on his mind. That is true. Yeah. Don't say ants. He's gonna go.
0: Answer going to come up in a little bit. I did
1: start okay. So one book I did start is The Things of Earth by Joe Rigney. I'm only ten percent through it, but not because I'm reading the ebook. Just because I can guess that well when I look at the, <laughs> I am reading the ebook. Horrendous. <laughs> so I started that when I'm not far enough into it, but it looks it looks to be interesting.
2: Uh, I've been reading a lot of stuff, but it's not really specific book actually the one book I have been reading is Lord of the Rings uh, Fellowship of the Ring. I've been reading it to my children and we just finished the Fellowship of the Ring. You should see Charlie's face listener he just w- lit up We um, just we're at the on the first chapter of the two towers so my three older children are really enjoying it. My younger two children uh, tend to play games or space <laughs> out or walk away while I read. But, yeah, that's been fun, so that's been one thing. Uh, I have a class next week on the Song of Songs, so I have been studying the Song of Songs a lot. And most of the titles I've been reading have been rather technical. I've got an SBL Press book here, The Intercourse of Knowledge on Gendering, Desire, and Sexuality in the Hebrew Bible by Athalia Brenner.
0: Wait, re- read it again?
2: Or, or don't. Intercourse of Knowledge. Knowledge. <laughs>
0: that's a good word right okay. there, Damn. <laughs>
2: And, um, Point, what's the author? Th- well, the editor was, uh, oh no, this one is Athalia Brenner. Point to her. It's uh, a guy. A I don't know. It is a girl. It is a Most girl. Most of this, a lot of stuff's been feminist literature. The feminists have written a lot on the song of songs for obvious reasons. I've been studying beauty. Uh, interesting article today just on ugliness. What is ugly? And so some guy actually wrote a article on, uh, feces, As being ugly He had a good point there Did the article stink? It did (laughs) (laughs) No, it was a good article actually He had some pretty good points So um, I've been reading all over the place And uh, there's some room still in my module That is Monday So if you wanted to sign up for the Song of Songs You can join us at 7.30am And that is available online as well You can audit it too
0: You know, it's interesting I recently read Lord of the Rings Fellowship And Uh, I, I am now officially considering the Lord of the Rings is not a trilogy. It's six books because that's how he did it. So like there's book one and book two in the fellowship, you know what I'm talking about? Right. And so what's interesting is in the fellowship, there's book one, book two. I noticed something. There's a difference between book one and book two. There's a word that is used over 90 times in book two that is not used I'm pretty sure it's not used at all in book one. And if it is, it's single digits. I Google, I Google book book searched it because I noticed it was coming up a lot. It's the hope, the word hope. It doesn't come up at all in book one while they're like starting out on the journey. And then things start to go really poorly. And then everyone starts talking about hope. Like, well, I hope this, I hope this, I hope this. Does that have
2: something to do with Rivendell?
0: I don't know. I, I mean, it's it's a myth, so you can make it mean whatever you want. But it's just something I noticed last time I read Fellowship.
2: Horrendous. <laughs> that is horrendous. I'll give you that one. Hey, okay, next.
0: What is next?
2: Are we ready for the real thing? I don't know. Are we? I well, think I was,
0: Is that Books in Business? Can I
2: just wrap
1: up Books in Business maybe wrap with a comment? Up. Yeah. So, listener, we really like the idea of reading, and we know we should do it more. And part of what we want to do on this podcast is, is, is uh, get you interested in reading more also. So... You can do things to renew your mind, which can help our walks with God. But two of us at the table here today, we didn't have really much time to read lately. And so that's just a good example where that's just how life goes. You read and spurt sometimes, and then you, you don't have time. But as soon as you get more time, you try it again. So you we, don't.
0: We yeah. were we were talking about this just off the air here. Like, what what are your reading goals for the year? Like, I I had mentioned that at this point I'm on pace for a book a week for the year, but that's because, like, four weeks ago I finished, like, three or four books, and that's the only way I could keep pace. Uh, What are you guys trying to do? Do you have goals in reading or writing or... Man,
1: I don't know. Right now, I think I'm trying to keep my head above the water. (laughs) Ideally, (laughs) when when Dr. Bowder said, like, a book a week, I'm like, that's a good goal. Yeah. And I promptly failed that one. So, I don't know. Well, I went from finishing four books on,
0: I think it was the week of or week before spring break, to I think the last ten days I've read a chapter.
1: Yeah, see, I'm from about a that pace. Text, which yeah.
0: is which is assigned reading for the D men. Like, there's no more fun reading at this point. I don't think.
1: Like, I had, we had a bathroom remodel project that we did on spring break, which I thought was going to take like four days, and it ended up taking. <laughs> I mean, yeah, laugh. I it enjoyed the polos. The full, yes, you did. <laughs> I was horrend- like destroying these two with video uh, messages, but I, it just it took like seven days, and then the rest of the next week I was you know painting and trimming and all this, and so, anyways, stuff comes up. So my goal is just to get back at it and
2: keep reading at my next opportunity. I don't really have goals. I have some writing goals. I wrote an article during spring break, Solomon's Thousands, and I'm trying to get that. Um, finished, but it's probably not going to happen until the middle of April after my module. And then I'm working on a book, Song of Songs for Singles, with my wife. And uh, so that I'm ones...
0: eagerly waiting for it.
2: It's coming. We have two <laughs> chapters that are pretty done, and then about three chapters that are pretty not done, but there's something there. So that's what so, we're working on. So you ready on. for
0: the best segue we've ever had? Do it. So speaking of singles and The Lord of the Rings... You know who are single in the Lord of the Rings, listener? The Ents. Oh, my word. And do you know, and do you know why <laughs> the Ents are single? so bad. <laughs> it's, this is a great—this is the best segue I've ever had. Do you know why the Ents are single? It's because they couldn't find the Entwives. They can't find the Entwives. Okay? Uh, and so, oh guess what we're going to talk about tonight? We're going to talk about wives. Entwives? Now, I don't have a lot to bring to the table here because I, like Treebeard, cannot find the Ent wife. <laughs> Uh, but these guys at the table can, you, Listener. Her, listener
1: I, I want listeners to make a meme of Charlie looking like an ant on oh, a dear. segue. So I put up a segue, like a literal, like him writing a segue. I want memes of him as an end. I on can a tell segue. you right
0: now who's going to do that.
1: I know who it is too.
0: Yeah. We know, we know.
1: Cool. Well, yeah, okay. That's right.
0: Uh, so anyway, uh, a serious segue. We have asked, we, we kind of teased this in some of our guest episodes, that there was a question we were asking all of the guests that we would put together at a later time. And so what we asked all of those guests, which would be Dr. Newman, uh, Dr. Doug Brown, and uh, Dr. Kevin Bowder, we, all, we asked them all, how has your wife impacted your ministry? Or affected your ministry, and uh, so we we have their pre-recorded answers. They're they're chuckling because Doctor Bowder.
1: It's so good.
0: He had a very fun response to me asking him that question. So you, you you'll have to listen beyond us in this episode. We're going to talk about that question a little bit. We're going to kind of tee it up, and then Tim and Andy are going to talk about it. I have some thoughts. Uh, But then we're going to cut to those three men also answering that question. So if you're listening through this and you're like, well, what what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about how these five guys' wives have enhanced their ministry. So there's a lot of ways of approaching that. If you're in ministry and you're married, like, you know, like, okay, here's some things that maybe you could do to help. If... You know, and our main audience is we're we're kind of targeting the college students here at faith, so if you are pursuing ministry either as a man or a woman, as a guy, here maybe are some virtuous characteristics of wives that you should be seeking in a partner and if you're if you're a lady who wants to be in ministry, you're like, oh, maybe these are some of the characteristics I should be." building into my life or, or seeking to, to grow in. Uh, I, I, I don't want to give it away, but every one of the answers that uh, the guys, that we were, the pre-recorded guests, like they, they were not the answers I would have expected to hear. And so uh, a lot of good things to think about there. So uh, to jump into the conversation here, uh, who wants to go first? Like posing the question to the table, how has your wife Impacted or affected your ministry?
1: Sure, I'll. I got like a, a list here of a couple. Um, it, I think when I think about this question, what's helpful is when you see someone in ministry, and you know, a pastor or a youth pastor, a Christian school teacher, you know, something like that, and they're married. It. I think now I understand it would be impossible probably for that person to do the ministry without the support of their spouse. Now, I'm not saying it's not entirely impossible. The Lord can work in all situations. But in my own life, I th- I think the way, one of the ways my wife has affected my ministry or impacted it is just generally support. So just in my context, I'm a teacher that entails long hours and lots of unseen work. So a lot of times I'll be Working when no one else sees me at home in my office or here at school late at night, and when that's happening, my wife is shouldering the rest of the responsibilities in the home. Um, there's a lot of stuff I couldn't do on my own, and she helps me. So I would say that as a life partner aspect, that's one of the biggest ways my wife has uh, has affected my ministry. And I would say that th- that bleeds into specific ministry tasks, of course. So I've been teaching Sunday school. You know, she's helping me uh, clear my schedule and do other things so I can prep. But even just, she's very godly. And so she's in the word and we talk about it sometimes and she prays for me. And there's a priority in our relationship where we're focused on ministry. And that's a huge support. Like I remember when I met her, oh, it had been 20 years ago this fall. When we met one day, part of what I, I thought was so, um, something about her that I thought, man, she's really got good characters. We were talking about what we wanted to do and going around the table saying, what do you want to do? And everyone's answers were fine, but hers was a really specific kind of ministry life. And I remember thinking, man, she wants to serve. Like she's got a ministry heart. And so that, that like support in all those ways is
2: it's, I don't think I could do what I'm doing without that. Awesome. Yeah. That's a really good point. It reminds me of when we were, when I was working on my PhD, In my dissertation specifically, I was under a lot of pressure to pound through that thing, and my wife was really just taking care of everything so that I could um, get into the office and and pound through that. That's that's, uh, definitely an attribute. I think of my wife right now and the way she is uh, um, affected, impacted uh, the ministry that I have. We we live within a stone's throw of... um, the school. And so she regularly has ladies over to the house and doing Bible studies with them, uh, does fingernails or, um, she does gel moments. So the lady does fingernails. I, I don't know, paints their like fingernails, whatever. Nails? Yeah. That kind of a thing, but it's Isn't not really that painting. Called a
0: manicure. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> that's that's a really interesting wordplay there. Like how did that become a manicure
2: curing the mani? Right.
0: I don't know. Like, it's just I'd love to see how that word like became the way it is now. So,
1: anyway, it's probably a Hebrew term that came from. (laughs) Oh wait, um, no. (laughs) But maybe Greek. You
2: are horrendous. (laughs) I am right too. (laughs) You are right. Uh, all right. So uh, what is my wife? How does she assist me and help me in the work of the ministry? Uh, so uh, there's just so many different ways. We have five children. And so she governs the household. She uh, homeschools our children. She is raising them. She takes care of all the shopping. She does just uh, everything so that I can be free to work in the ministry. Uh, but today she was making chicken for the Jewish shader meal that they had tonight at the um at the school. Um, but then more than that, she just ministers with the, the girls. Uh, they come over um, with Bible study. She has one with some girls on Thursdays. We have a Thursday evening Bible study in our house. So people come over, she makes snacks and food. Uh, right now she's learning Greek. Uh, I'm trying to equip her better. And I would say that this is one thing that I have not done well is equip my wife uh, for the work of the ministry um, to assist me in the ministry And as I've gotten more and more into the Song of Songs, I've realized this uh, deficiency. She's the one that's going to need to teach the young ladies about the Song of Songs. And so uh, this is an area I've been trying to uh, do better in, is prepare her and equip her and help her uh, to uh, minister more effectively. So I guess that's just a few different areas where, uh, I'm hitting on, uh, where my wife has been, it is really become a very integral part of the ministry that the Lord's called me to. For me, another, I got like another thought. My
1: wife is a big encouragement for me. So ministry is tough. And I mean, it doesn't matter which one you're in. (laughs) If you're full-time ministry, it's, it is hard, but so is a lot of, so are a lot of other jobs, you know? And, uh, I, what I really appreciate for my wife is when the going gets tough and I get in my head and I'm, you know, should I do that? You know, like I'm having all kinds of weird questions or, Hey, did that sermon go well? Or, Oh man, I just don't think this is working out well. She's, she's really encouraging and I appreciate that. She's, uh, she always is there with a good thought or a positive thought. Um, she's, she's very helpful both in the positive feedback but she also helps me to see areas that I'm blind to, which I, is so helpful. And I just, I know I've said this before, but if you're a guy preparing for ministry and you are married and your spouse is along with you, when you minister, you should ask for feedback. So for year, so I was an intern youth pastor for a year and we were in the junior high and I would teach Sunday school and she was in there and she would see my lesson and I'd say, how it goes, how to go? And she was very kind, but also very truthful. And that was a huge benefit to me, being able to see where, where I need to change things, adjust things. Um, but she was always so kind, and she still is. She's very, very kind. So I appreciate the feedback, and I appreciate the encouragement. I think those are two huge ways.
0: Yeah, I think I would agree with, you know, all everything you guys said, I think, is spot on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: ha. Well, okay, so here's the fun balance to this. is it, Now, I think that there are certain positions in ministry. I, I don't think anyone of us in our circles would disagree on this. That, that, I think being married might—Tim, you said something about being better equipped. And I don't think any guy or gal pursuing ministry, if you found a good spouse, I don't think any of them would then argue that they're not better equipped.
1: Yes. If
0: Because if, yep. you, you have a helper. But, Agreed. I'm gonna be I'm gonna I'm gonna be the devil's advocate here. And and just because we know there there are a lot of students that are gonna listen to this and you're like, well, I'm not married.
1: Well maybe instead of being the devil's advocate, you just you could just be Paul's advocate.
0: <laughs> Paul's advocate. Ooh.
1: <laughs> Zing. Okay, sorry.
0: <laughs> what's the, No, no, I'm not Paul say wasn't married. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> he yeah wasn't? You are correct. <laughs> See what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> Paul was okay, anyways.
0: So as as someone who's single, and I know of a lot of guys, gals at, at our school, and I, I know there's more out there. Uh, is there something wrong with your ministry if you're not married? Like, is there something you're missing? Absolutely not. God has given you everything you need to please Him, to be content, and to serve. Now, there might be some positions, at, you know, a lot of churches probably aren't going to hire a single pastor because you know. They, they like someone who's married and has two boys, two girls, you know, like
1: the the young yep.
0: family, like that's a vibe that not a lot of churches old, want,
1: Not too young yeah
0: yeah, you know they want that middle aged family feel, uh, and, and this I say that as someone who was an associate pastor for three years and hundred percent single the whole time, you know, so praise the lord, uh, but there, there's nothing you're, there's nothing you're missing. Uh, so we don't we don't want this this episode to have this vibe of well you better get married cuz you mm-hmm. need to. Uh you don't need to. You absolutely don't. Um cuz there are there Amen. are men in the yep. Bible who ministered who were not married. Mm-hmm. Chief of which, Andy, is Paul. No.
1: Oh. Jesus. Oh man, you uh, you're right. I set you up for that one. You I did. set you up for My that. My bad. Mm.
0: One. But both are true. It, 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 you know, it, did Jesus lack anything in yielding to the spirit and ministering and pleasing the father because he wasn't married? Nope. He could humble himself just fine and could uh, do what God wanted him to do just fine. And he actually did it perfectly. And, and Paul, Paul is a pretty good example too. Uh, So just, we want, I wanted as the single guy to present some balance to what's about to, you're going to listen to a lot of this is how my wife helps me. And you might not have that yet. And that's fine. You don't need anything. But if you are going to look to get married, you know, both as a guy and a girl, these virtues that we're talking about are targets for you.
1: No, I, I just want to jump in and say, I, I agree. And I think that we can get this idea. We can, there's a good way to idealize biblical marriage because I do think that's how God created you know, I do think you can say, Hey, this is something God wants. I I don't think that's wrong, but I a hundred percent agree. That's not everybody's path that God has. And I think what you said was, it was really key, whether you are single or married and whether in the future you stay single or you get married, the question is, can I honor the Lord in ministry and you can you can honor the Lord yeah. in ministry, and there may be even ministries that you have access to that other people wouldn't. Uh, I think and, there's a chapter in the Bible that talks about this. Like if you're single, you can fully devote to the Lord. Uh, and,
0: and there was I, I don't know cons- if, I don't know if any of these guys listened to this, but when, when I was in Williamsburg, I I had a very fun ministry over in Iowa City where I I met for Bible studies with college guys. Yeah, that,
1: that was awesome,
0: and I could. I think part of the way it worked was uh, how it worked was that I could go whenever I wanted to. Like they, some of them had some ex- just incredibly busy schedules and it was hard to track them down. You live 30 minutes away. How are you going to do it? And it was like, well, what works for you? Well, I'm, I can get together for 30 minutes at this time. It was like, sounds good. And you know, And, and if a lot of those were weeknights at mm-hmm. like seven o'clock, you know, if you're married and have kids, that might be a tricky time. Uh, but, it worked. Um, and, and just another thought too, and I know we would all agree on this one is I, I actually have um, on my refrigerator. I have, uh, I still have the obituary from Dr. Myron's funeral mm-hmm. and I, and I put it there to remind me that, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, this is what faithfulness and ministry looks like for a single guy. Yes. Uh, you, you can disciple another guy and it doesn't matter if you're married, you have yep. the word of God and Amen. you can, you can love them. But anyway, that, that being said, we, this episode is about how these guys' wives has helped them. And so I really don't bring much to the table in that category. But if you're single, don't worry about it. You're, God knows and you're there for a reason. So uh, do you guys have any other thoughts that you want to share before we jump into the, the guests?
2: Enjoy the guests. They did a great job, too, and had some great characteristics and ideas that I had, did not expect. I would say maybe just this one last thought. Um,
1: In either 1st or 2nd Timothy, Paul makes the comment that pastors are to be examples to the flock. And so then if you think about the qualifications to ministry in uh, 1st Timothy 3 and Titus 1, it's a list of qualifications you have to meet if you're going to be a pastor. But part of what the pastors do is they live it out so other people can see it. And so even if you don't end up getting married, these are still good and godly virtues and characteristics that these believers have. And I think we could all learn from them. So even if it's just an example to us, I think it's worth listening.
0: Yeah. With that, uh, we'll turn it over to the guests again. The order is going to be Dr. Jeff Newman, then Dr. Doug Brown, and then Dr. Bowder. There will be no commentary or really transitions between the two. There'll be maybe like a couple of seconds of silence. And then you'll get to the next guy. So if there's a couple seconds of silence, don't assume the episode's over. The episode's not over until you hear my cool, calm voice with that awesome music behind it telling you, thank you for listening to the Thinklings podcast. <laughs> so with that, uh, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week. How has your wife impacted your ministry or blessed you in your ministry together?
3: Boy, that there's just so many things you could say about that. Um, the reality is that um, the things that have been accomplished in service to the Lord really are accomplished as a team, uh, whether you're together at the time or not. Um, you know, there's there's so many things she does that um, just make it possible for me to do what I do, uh, and I think that's vice versa as well, and. My wife is just really intuitive with people and in tune with people, and especially with moms and kids. Uh, She—I've never met a kid afraid of her, a child that's been afraid of her, uh, that hasn't warmed up to her, and that she hasn't cared for well. And you know, circling back to the question on one of the earlier episodes. Um, you think of decision-making in your life and stewardship. One of the things that was a piece of the puzzle, so many pieces of the puzzle, one of the things that was a piece of the puzzle in engaging with Baptist admissions is I knew it would take my wife's talents and abilities and multiply them. Mm-hmm. And it's been amazing. Uh, we, the, the little bit of things we've been doing, she's just light years ahead of me. In this stuff, I mean, I, I remember a particular evening when we were staying up late talking to a, a pastor and his wife, and I was I was tired. Lord gives you those appointments; you work through the tiredness, but it was it was a tired where my thoughts were a little bit broken. And she carried the questions and the conversation not in a way that was inappropriate for a woman to carry the conversation, mm-hmm. in asking questions and really helped in me. And gave me time to collect my thoughts, and so I just, I'm, I just, I can't say enough about what uh, she means to me and the contribution that she is to ministry. Um, Does that answer the question? I want to take it a step further. You have more that you want me to speak to. Taking another step. Keep going. Um, So. Uh, when you do marriage counseling and not all marriage counseling is an uphill climb. Okay. There's lots of joy in doing marriage counseling, but some of it's a real challenge and you watch people take trust they had in each other and really misuse that trust. Uh, I think any, any person, any man with a wife, uh, dare not, uh, take for granted the trust he can have in his wife, uh, because you just can't take that for granted and I I can trust my wife with anything Um, and this means the world to me. Uh, One other thing to add to it uh, uh, you're you're thinking in terms of ministry Um, you don't get married so you can have a ministry. It's a bad plan. Uh, A bad plan. Uh, I can't tell too many stories about that because they get too many personal details in other people's lives but um, uh, you, you, don't get married for that reason. And, um, and some people's path of life doesn't include that and they don't lack anything. Uh, so, you know, as you're listening to this episode and, you know, you're, you're, you're processing it and thinking about it, um, use it in the right way. Don't, don't, uh, um, don't feel insufficient, um, don't certainly don't panic before the Lord. Uh, some of the people that God's used the most in my life, and you hate even to say it this way, our are people who aren't married and love the Lord and follow the Lord and they're serving the Lord in ministry. And I don't even like to talk in those categories, but it's kind of the way we have to talk about it. So, so I'm, I'm happily married. I love my wife. I could not, I would not be who I am without her a uh, hundred stories there. Um, uh, but some people's lot in life is complete in the Lord, and that's okay. How has your wife
4: impacted your ministry? I can't even begin to measure it, in the sense that um, I really, I I really appreciate my wife in so many different ways. Um, I I, I think like one of the most tangible ones is that she prays for me. And she tells me she prays for me, and I'm convinced every sermon or lesson that I've done is better because my wife prays for me. Um, I really, I really appreciate the fact that my wife is a spiritual lady. And um, this is kind of personal. I don't really want to. I don't know. I, I, you know, we were on one of our retreats where we got away. Um, you know, we were just talking about how we appreciate each other, and I said, you know, I, I think the greatest quality that you have. I mean, I, I think my wife is beautiful and, and she's a great lady and she's a fantastic mom and cook and everything like the housekeeper. But I just told I just told her, I said I think the thing that I appreciate the most is that you're a spiritual lady. And so when I get discouraged, she she uh helps me to she encourages me. When I um sometimes don't have the eyes of faith, she, you know, usually very kindly, but sometimes sternly will help me to kind of see things in a better perspective. And, um, um, I think just the, 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 longer we're together, the more I appreciate her walk with God and, you know, look to her, not, I know I'm, I'm a spiritual leader in the family and stuff like that, but I just think that her example to me has been, um, fantastic.
5: How has your wife impacted your ministry? She has never impacted my ministry. Oof. Oh, that's a good answer right Okay, well, there. we'll qualify. <laughs> Redefine, you, Charlie. You mean, how has my wife affected my ministry?
0: <laughs> oh, my. Ooh. That was beautiful. <laughs> I grew up in southeast Iowa. I washed my clothes.
5: Yes, that is I what did, I mean. I despise <laughs> that neologism. Okay, <laughs> to to impact my ministry, she would have to run into it headlong, and she's never ever done that. Hey,
1: Amen. This is like the most perfect moment. Yep, Dr. Potter, well, like this is what is, I remember about you, like you someone say something in class. That is, this is so good.
0: It's fun it's funny because in this this book I'm reading, uh, How to Write Quality Research Papers, um, they actually talk about terminology like that and how those words mean things and you should be really careful and and simple and
5: anyway, okay. so the the book to read, Richard Mitchell, less than words can oh, say. Man. He will spank so you good. more than you've ever been spanked it's before. So good.
1: Did you
0: mention that on the yeah, podcast? Yeah, really? I I read
1: that yeah. because he recommended it. Yeah, and the worm in the brain and the two tribes. It's just it's really good. Oh, it's really good.
5: So, what? what how the, am I supposed to phrase to, this to, to give to give you a frank answer? Debbie is the better part of my ministry. Hmm. Um. I would never be in ministry if if it were not for her, for, for the way she has modified and and uh, um, softened and and uh, sanded down the rough edges of my character and my persona. I would have failed in the first week. Um, you know, I'm I'm geared to books and ideas. She's geared to people. And she helps me to understand the needs that people have. And, and she, she gets me out of my, um, you know, in, inwardness and gets me out and connected with people. And she helps me remember people's names. Amen. <laughs> I, I mean, just a, I could give you a long list of stuff. Uh, and it's, it's not that she isn't bright. It's not that she's incapable of dealing with ideas. She's, she's fine with that stuff. But her real strength. Is, is in helping me to minister to real people. More than that, if if anybody I've ever met has the spiritual gift of serving, uh, I, th- I think my wife is that person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if there's something she can do for you, she wants to do it. That's not the way I'm wired. And, and by the way, maybe <laughs> I should add this. I understand there are faculty members here at Faith who don't believe any spiritual gifts are for today. Uh, Well, okay. Uh, Nevertheless, my wife has that particular spiritual gift, and uh, (laughs) that's exactly what I thought when he said that. I was like, I wonder what. uh... (laughs) We don't need to fill in any names there. and and my my understanding of the way that spiritual gifts function is is not just that if you have a particular spiritual gift then you go do that thing and you become the guy for that in your church. My understanding is that if you have a particular spiritual gift that you become the person through whom that gift, that ability, that capacity is mediated to others. So that so that by watching you observing you working alongside you, they learn how to become more of that thing. And, and Debbie has overwhelmingly had that kind of an influence on me. She has helped me immensely with the people side of ministry, which, which is real ministry. Uh, I wouldn't have had real ministry if it hadn't been for Debbie.